How long do you have to wear that thing that covers your eyeballs? The glasses? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they don't look, please, they look really weird. Please include that because it's so... <laughs> <laughs> how, how long do you have to wear the things that cover your eyeballs? The sunglasses? <laughs> Welcome back. Today we're going to talk about some more things to do with social anxiety. In our last episode, if you guys remember, that we split it in half. So the first episode was all about identifying triggers and symptoms of social anxiety. And then this episode is going to be tips and tricks to help you cope. Now remember that at least I am not a licensed professional. Silver is. (laughs) That's my backup here. (laughs) But if you feel like you have social anxiety disorder, please go get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Do not just rely on this episode and self-diagnose and just fully go based off of that. This is just merely a support for you. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, are you ready to jump in or should we do a quick little check-in first? We can do a check-in. The only thing is, if we're being completely honest and transparent with our Dear sweet matcha babies, because that's what we aim for. We literally just finished recording part one. So we don't have nothing. Too much has happened in the past 10 minutes where I ran. Well, we could talk about what we're going to do for the rest of the day, I guess. Sure. That could be our little check in. Sure. What are you? You're going to go to the gym, you think? I I want to. Go to the gym. We're talking about social anxiety. I need to conquer my social anxiety of the gym guy. Yes. (laughs) Exposure therapy. Mm, Oh, I I just have to get back into it. So my Mm. friend's husband, it's he's so amazing and so incredibly lovely. Always. Like you can tell this man anything and he's so supportive and amazing. Always. But he's so big on exposure therapy that we'll be like, oh, we're kind of feeling of like we're not ready to do something. He's like, get in there, do it. You got to get out. It's funny. It's helpful, honestly. But sometimes like I'm not big on exposure therapy. I just am not as a form of therapy. It's not my favorite, but I just, it's so funny. Every time we're like, yeah, we're a bit nervous about this. He's like, just gotta go and do it. I'm like, all right, I'm with you. You come with me. We'll go. We'll do this. Amazing love that yeah but yes I do want to go to the gym and I want to make a routine I want to make my budget finally I just want to kind of like get shit in order Mm -hmm. because I keep doing it in my head and I'm like okay it's fine everything's in my head but let's be real everything's better when you physically write it out so it's true what about you um the rest of our day we're going to make dinner we're gonna have just Mm -hmm. like pork and rice and kimchi like typical korean (laughs) meal Mm -hmm. um and then i have to while i'm blind for the next week um my lovely father offered because my dad has and my parents have their own business too and he's actually doing a trade show next week and he invited me to share a booth with him and he's like oh we can sell our stuff but he's selling it to like retailers 
Um, but he's mm-hmm. like, you can just have your own little like artisanal, artisanal artist booth pretty much. And you can sell your stuff there too. And I was, it's very, such a lovely offer and it would be so fun to do with my dad, but I'm mm-hmm. probably going to still be pretty blind and in pain after <laughs> my surgery. Um, so I have, he still offered, um, to host it and he's like, just teach me your pitch and I'll try to sell your ship for you. And I'm like, That's okay, so father, you can sell my naked lady artwork. Go for <laughs> it. Um, but my husband's going to go too mm-hmm. for a couple days. And if I'm feeling up for it, then I will go. But, mm-hmm. um, I just basically have to pick out. It's not a really big booth, so I have to pick out what stock I want to display there. So I have to go through all that and get everything ready so it's nice and easy for them because I'm pretty much going to be out of commission starting Thursday for a week. So I just want to have everything ready so it's easy for them since he's doing me a really big solid. So that's kind of the plan. Get everything in order for the next week. Mm -hmm. Anyway, should we get into part two? Absolutely. So to jump right back into this episode, we're going to start talking about tips to help us cope with social anxiety symptoms. And again, I want to reiterate, if you think you have social anxiety, please see a professional to get proper help. But in the meantime, we are here to help you out. One of our tips is focus on others and not yourself. And I will get into this because initially you might be thinking, well, Mira, shouldn't I be focusing on myself if I want to (laughs) overcome social anxiety? And in this case, I would say, I understand where you're coming from, but hear me out, please. (laughs) Sit down. Sit down. So, yeah, when we're in a social situation that makes us nervous, many of us tend to get caught up in our anxious thoughts and feelings. And if you're anything like me, You start living in your head and start living in with these fears and these fears become your roommates and you start hanging out more with these invisible roommates than you do with real life people. And we don't want to do that. So you might be convinced that everyone is looking at you and judging you because these are what your thoughts are telling you. And remember, your thoughts are not your reality. You can think anything you want. Mm -hmm. Your focus is on your bodily sensations. So you're hoping by paying extra close attention that you can better control them. But in this case, if you're already having your anxiety heightened and you're already worried that everyone's judging you, if you focus too much on how you feel, you're just going to excessively realize how nervous you're feeling and you're going to trigger even more anxiety. So basically, this is just a negative feedback loop and you're just going to keep spiraling and spiraling and spiraling because you're feeding your anxiety with the energy and the food it wants, basically. So you're feeding the monster. We don't want to feed the monster. And this will also prevent you from fully concentrating on the conversations around you or the performance you're giving. So the idea is that we want to switch from an internal to an external focus. And this long-term will help you reduce your social anxiety. And obviously easier said than done, but it's not possible to truly pay attention to two things at once so here are some specific tips silver would you like to tell us the first one yeah so an important thing for you to remember is that anxiety is not as visible as you might think like if you are a person with anxiety you might be able to recognize it in other people more easily but general public 
is not going to notice when you're nervous. So, and even if they do, it's not going to reflect poorly on you. And the chances are that they've had these feelings that are just the same as you in the moment or even in the past. And if, unless they're like a fucking asshole, they will be empathetic (laughs) towards you. Because I don't know many people, if you say like, hey, I might not seem like it, but I'm really anxious and nervous right now. And I just need a little support that they're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get over it. (laughs) C'est la vie. Let's go. But more than likely, they will take that opportunity to support you and be empathetic towards how you're feeling in that situation. So it's okay for people to know that you're anxious. It's not going to reflect poorly on you. Another tip is to really listen to what is being said and not to your own negative thoughts. So if you're in a conversation or you're in a social atmosphere, pay attention to the conversations going around you. Pay attention to what other people are saying, their thoughts, their body language, kind of make them the focal point instead of focusing on what's going on in your head. So instead of thinking, oh my God, that person in the green shirt is wondering why I'm sweating so much. You can think, oh, that person in the green shirt is telling a very interesting story. Let me listen to the story. And the more you start focusing on conversations that other people are having, the less you're going to be focusing on your own thoughts because we like gossip and we like storytelling and we're just human species and that's what we do. So it'll help you to distract yourself. Yeah. And often like what we went over earlier is like mind reading, like focusing on what people are actually saying rather than just being like oh they said this but they mean this most of the time people actually say what they mean mm-hmm. and so you need to take that at face value and if they choose yep. to lie that's on their end like if they don't want to be honest about how they feel about something that's literally on them so mm-hmm. yeah focusing on what they're actually saying rather than being like oh but they said it this way and with their one eye open and their hair was upside down like Instead, just <laughs> be like, what? You know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What I open, their hair is upside down. Okay. If, if, if that's I'm how keeping they, that in. If, that, if, that's, if that's how they speak to you, it's a little concerning. But <laughs> probably they're still being fairly honest about what they mean. Um, yeah. Another... <laughs> Another point is to really focus on the present moment rather than worrying about what they're, you're going to say in the future or beating yourself up about something you didn't say or you should have said in the past. I know I do that all the time and I think everyone does, but they think of the perfect comeback for something. Mm, in the but, shower always oh, for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like replaying conversations in your head, which I recently found out not everyone does. Like some people just, really yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. It's, oh my god! I literally replay things in my head twenty four. I know. I found out that because on TikTok, um, mm. they said it was like things you might have not known if you have anxiety. And one of the things that we've talked about already is that they don't take things personally. And that they don't replay conversations in their head and they don't think about how people thought or thinking. They don't basically do all the things that we were talking about. I think that's Must so interesting. Nice. I know. I think that's very interesting. <laughs> like, I would love to, like, have that mind space available for other things. But focusing on being present and in the moment will really help you avoid thinking about the past and just being there 
and listening and being present to what's actually happening in front of you. Hmm. Yeah. Another tip is to release the pressure to be perfect. And I understand this might be very hard, especially if you're a perfectionist. Silver and I are both perfectionists to the extreme, to the point where it might be considered being neurotic, but Unhealthy. it's fine. <laughs> we're, co- we're coping, but you know, release that pressure to be perfect and kind of focus on being more genuine and attentive because these are qualities that people will appreciate. And if you think about this from a more objective standpoint, Think about what you as a human are attracted to because most of us are very much attracted to just genuine conversation and genuine vulnerability and relatability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't usually find people that are quote unquote perfect, relatable. At least I don't. If I find somebody who, you know, has seems to have everything together, seems to say all the right things, do all the right things, um, make all the right decisions. Yes, I'll admire them, but I kind of also have my reservations because. I kind of think, well, this must be too good to be true. Yeah, like they're being disingenuine. Exactly, because humans aren't perfect. There's no such thing as perfection in the human species, no matter how hard you try. So think about it that way, because I just know also, like us, we find people who are relatable to be equally as flawed as us Mm -hmm. and say some dumb things sometimes, or maybe we all make the same mistakes, whatever it is. That's kind of why you might want to release that pressure because, again, no one is perfect and people will find you more likable and more interesting if you're just, if you wear your heart on your sleeve. I've, I've found because I used to be that girl that would try to hide my personality and be this fake person. But it was the person that was like, I'll say all the right things. I'll only speak when I'm spoken to. Everything about me is going to be perfect. And then I found out that I was just very rigid and kind of unapproachable. Mm. Then I just was like, you know what? I'm going to be me. Like I'm going to be my loud, crazy, bubbly self and just see how that goes. And I have found that I make way more connections and people really like to listen to me a lot more. So my overall thing I want to say here is just be yourself and don't worry so much. Yeah. So the next thing that we um, have talked about before, and um, we actually have an entire episode on meditation for beginners, which really involves your breathing. Um, But a big thing with social anxiety is learning to control your breathing. So a lot of things happen to your body when you become anxious. And one of the first things that we might notice very quickly is over-breathing or also known as hyperventilating. This is when your oxygen and carbon dioxide levels are irregulated in your body, which can lead to a lot of physical symptoms of anxiety like dizziness, feeling suffocated, accelerated heart rates, and muscle tension. So learning early on how to control your breathing will really help relieve some of these physical symptoms and help get your anxiety under control. Um, So practicing the following will help you with your breathing exercises to help you stay calm. So we can do this together right now, but then you can practice it. So the next time you're feeling anxious, you can just pull this out of your back pocket. So the first thing you want to do is try to sit comfortably if you are in an anxious situation. If you are able to remove yourself and just take a break and do this, I would highly recommend that. So sit comfortably with your back and with your back straight and your shoulders relaxed. Have one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach. That can really help you realize how where your breath is coming from and you can feel with a different sensation on your hands. 
how fast your breath is at the moment. So a good way, if you notice that your breathing is irregular or accelerated, is to slowly inhale, taking um, a deep inhale through your nose for four seconds, putting your hand on your stomach, and you should feel your stomach rising, and that's called um, diaphragmatic breathing, which is really good to help you slow your breath. Um, And so, yeah, your hand on your chest shouldn't move as much. And then you hold that breath for two seconds and exhale slowly through your mouth for six seconds, pushing out as much air as you can without it being uncomfortable. The hand on your stomach should move in as you exhale, but the other hand on your chest should move very little. Continue to do this breath work um, in through your nose, out through your mouth, And focus on keeping a slow and steady breathing pattern. Four in, hold for two, and six out. There's a lot of different breathing exercises you can do, but this is a really good one. And just having something to focus your attention on while you're anxious will just help get your mind off of it and be more mindful and present in your body. So if you can take some time to go do that, I highly recommend it. And breath work's super important with anxiety. So practice this and then the next time you're feeling a bit uncomfortable in a social situation just remove yourself and give it a go our next tip is facing your fears aka exposure therapy but (laughs) one of the most helpful things that you can do to overcome social anxiety is to face them avoidance keeps social anxiety disorder going so like i said you're feeding the anxiety beast So initially, you know, you avoid nerve-wracking situations and you might feel better, but that's a short-term solution. Long-term, it's going to prevent you from being more comfortable in a social situation and prevents you from learning and having the tools to cope in the long-term. In fact, the more you avoid a feared social situation, the more and more frightening it becomes. Think about it this way. When you're a little kid, Usually, you know, that's the time that you learn to ice ski and you learn to bike ride and you learn to rollerblade. And at that age, you don't really, you're not that scared because you're just a kid. You're excited to learn new things and you'll go ahead and you trip and you fall, you get up and you keep going. But think about it now. If you haven't done any of these activities in a while, chances are you're very scared of doing it now. I know a lot of people that are scared to learn to ride a bicycle now who are scared to learn to ski because these are things that you haven't done in so long and the frightening and daunting idea of it just starts to get more and more enhanced. So it's basically the same thing in a sense. And avoidance can also prevent you from doing things that you'd like to do or reaching certain goals. So for example, the fear of speaking up might prevent you from giving that big presentation that you always envisioned yourself doing. It might prevent you from performing in front of a classroom, might prevent you from trying out new things like acting. I know a lot of people who are interested in acting, who have social anxiety, never do it because they're too scared to perform in front of other people. And while it might seem impossible to overcome a fear social situation, you can still do it by taking one step at a time. And the key is to start with a situation that you can handle and then gradually and slowly work your way up to more challenging situations, building your confidence and coping skills. So essentially you're climbing the quote unquote anxiety ladder Mm -hmm. and 
you're just building and developing those tools because again, we always emphasize this, but we're taking baby steps. But we have a couple of tips in order to face your fears. And Silver, you can, if you'd like, go through these. Sure. Um, so a big one that Mira kind of was talking about is obviously not doing the scariest thing right away, taking baby steps and just really being patient in that with yourself and knowing that social anxiety and overcoming it takes a lot of time and a lot of practice, but it's a gradual step-by-step progress, just like everything else. So by using the skills that you've learned here and that you will continue to learn through your own experience and research, um, you're going to learn how to stay calm better by doing things such as what we talked about, breathing exercises and challenging these negative assumptions. So I'm going to give you guys a sample of an anxiety ladder with interacting with coworkers. Um, So for example, here are some of the steps. Step one is to just say hello. Go Hi. up to someone and just greet them. Yes. Beautiful. Thank Great you. execution. Thank you. Then step two, ask the coworker a work-related question. Silver, you can try. Ask me a work-related question. Um, how do I connect my computer to the printer? Beautiful. Thank you. Step three, ask a coworker what they did over the weekend. Hello, Mira. What did you get up to this weekend? Thank you for that question, Silver. You're welcome. Over the weekend, I celebrated my birthday. Oh my gosh, how amazing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that (laughs) for the next 15 minutes. (laughs) Beautiful. Another step is to sit in the break room with coworkers during your coffee break. Step five would be to eat lunch. So instead of just sitting in the break room, now you eat with your coworkers, Mm -hmm. because some people are very scared of eating with people in social places. So this would be to help you get over that fear. Then step six would be eating lunch in a break room and making small talk with your coworkers. So now you're eating in a social atmosphere, but then you start talking to people while you eat. Step seven would be to ask a coworker to go for coffee or a drink after work. And then maybe you go out for lunch with a group of your coworkers. Then hopefully you have a basis to go off of with your coworker or you have kind of like a friendship, relationship, whatever. Then you can maybe share personal information and then you can hang out outside of work and so on and so forth. Whatever it is, climb up that anxiety ladder. So our next tip is a big tip for me is to make more of an effort to be social. Actively seeking out supportive social environments is another really effective way of challenging your fears and overcoming social anxiety. So some things you can do are things like taking a social skills class or even assertiveness training class. And that sounds really weird. I know it sounds weird and uncomfortable, but they do exist for a reason and they really help you, especially, I don't know, I guess I always think like career wise, but even right now I've talking to someone who's interviewing for jobs so we were talking about interviews and like what questions they were asking him and what his responses were and they were very yeah impersonal very automated and then like I am I do very well in an interview I will say that about myself I interview very well I've gotten every job I've ever applied for and ever 
interviewed for and a big thing that I learned um, throughout research and just doing interview training stuff you're selling yourself and you're selling yourself as a coworker mm-hmm. and someone that people can get along with. So a lot of these classes, they will help you and like building social skills will help you career wise and just throughout your life. Because if people like you, they're way more willing to give you a chance and they're way more willing to help you out because they like you. They can see themselves like being a part of your team and that's really important going through life so Mm -hmm. as much as it pains me to say socialization is very important to get through this world and just to have like fulfilling lives so another example and we've talked about this before is to volunteer and do something you enjoy and it's a really great way to meet people get yourself out there um it could be walking dogs in a shelter. It could be stuffing envelopes for a campaign. Yeah, just volunteer. Do anything that will give you an activity to focus on while you are also engaging with a small number of like-minded individuals. You know, you can find a lot of forums. If you look up nonprofits in your city or your area, you can find a lot of like cool organizations. So just do some research. Yeah. Another good thing that you can do just on your own is just working on your communication skills. So good relationships depend on very clear, emotionally intelligent communication. So if you have troubles connecting to others, learning the basics of emotional intelligence can help. What is emotional intelligence? You You might might ask. ask. Uh, We'll go over it very quickly because we could do a whole episode on this too. Emotional intelligence is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. So emotional intelligence can help you build stronger relationships, succeed at school and work, and achieve your career and personal goals. It can also help you feeling um, fulfilled and connected and turn your intention into action and make more informed decisions about what matters to you the most. So that's a little quick rundown of what emotional intelligence is and how it can help you with your communication Mm -hmm. skills. Our last tip is to adopt an anti-anxiety lifestyle. What might this be, you may ask? Well, let me get into it for you. Mm -hmm. Mind and body are intrinsically linked. And the more and more evidence that comes out from scientific studies, the more we realize that how you treat your body can truly have a significant effect on your anxiety levels, your ability to manage your anxiety symptoms, and your overall self-confidence, which we just talked about last month, alone aren't enough to overcome social phobia or social anxiety disorder. They can truly help to support your overall treatment progress. And we're going to talk about this after these tips, but we're going to suggest, you know, last but not least to approach a therapist and get some treatment, especially if you truly think you have this as a proper disorder. But again, you can go to your therapy appointments and see your therapist regularly. But if you're not going to put in the outside and internal work, you're not going to get better. So this will really help because, again, you need to do as much as you can and do as much work as you can in order to help with your anxiety. So some tips are to avoid or limit caffeine. And our favorite thing that we like to say is to drink matcha mm-hmm. instead of coffee because the benefits of the caffeine and the effects of the caffeine intake are so much 
better for your body, especially if you're like me and Silver who have anxiety. Um, the matcha caffeine that you get is just kind of slowly ingrained into your system and you don't get that sudden burst that you do with coffee and you don't get that heart pounding mm-hmm. that you get with coffee. So switch to matcha if you know you still feel like because I, I agree to limit caffeine, but some of us still need caffeine. Mm-hmm. And actually, if I don't have enough caffeine, it can also trigger my migraines. So yeah, try try matcha. Yes, matcha is the way to go. Because matcha, like you don't notice when it has already taken effect. All of a sudden you just exactly. feel more awake and more lively and you don't even notice that it's because of the mm-hmm. matcha. And there's no like come down. Like you kind of just, it's very slow and gradual. There's not a sudden drop where you feel like you mm-hmm. need to like drink more. There's no or, crash. Yeah, there's no crash involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, The next tip is something we talk about all the time, but doing some type of physical activity or mindful movement throughout your day, whatever works for you. If you hate exercise, try pairing it with something that you do enjoy, such as window shopping while making laps around the mall or maybe dancing to your favorite music, like just doing something enjoyable. We're not saying you got to hit the gym for 30 minutes every day, but just getting some kind of movement and releasing those endorphins and getting those happy hormones going, those will really make a positive impact in your life that you will notice gradually as you adapt this to your healthy living practice. We also suggest to add more omega-3 fats to your diet. And actually, we had an episode about food and its relationship to your mood and to your mental state. But in that episode, we also talked about having omega-3 fatty acids. Um, These support your brain health and can help improve your mood, outlook, and ability to handle anxiety. And for a quick refresher, the best sources to get omega-3 fatty acids are fatty fish, such as salmon, herring, mackerel, anchovies, sardines. And should you choose a vegetarian or vegan approach, you can get these supplemented through seaweed, flaxseed, and walnuts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing you can do, or you can be like me and just not drink at all, but drinking in moderation, um, Mm -hmm. like a, every once in a while, like drinking is totally fine. But if you are like me, alcohol triggers my anxiety massively. Like even the smell of it, I get anxious. Yeah. I don't like the smell of it. No. So you might be tempted to drink Um, before social situations to calm your nerves but what people don't know a lot too or people drink to feel better alcohol actually increases your risk of having an anxiety attack and it's actually a depressant so you might be like out of it and escape for a little bit but it actually will make things worse for you if you do have anxiety or you are depressed So just don't rely on it as a method of helping you through social situations or making you feel better or whatever. I think there's a thing we're supposed to drink to get happier, not to get happy. So in moderation, small doses, if you will, um, or not at all. You don't have to drink. I haven't drank for six years and I'm in my mid-20s and I still have a great time, so... Mm-hmm. no pressure yes another tip kind of going off of not drinking alcohol is to not smoke contrary to popular belief smoking leads to higher not lower levels of anxiety and if you need help to kick the habit please search your local quit smoking network thank you <laughs> thank you 
Yeah. I just think it's crazy. Even with even with vaping nowadays, like there's already information about how bad that is for you and your lungs. So mm-hmm. like there's just there's so many different ways of coping that don't involve smoking. But, you know, no judgments. Just do what's best for you and for your health. And if you want to live a less anxiety-filled lifestyle and a healthier lifestyle, maybe it's time to kick the habit. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, Another thing that's super important, and I think we need this winter to do a whole season of learning about how to get better quality sleep and having a proper sleep hygiene routine because getting enough sleep is so important because when you're sleep deprived you're way more vulnerable to anxiety being well rested will also help you stay calm in social situations and it's just better for you overall like sleep is so important and we probably all don't get enough of it so good sleep get enough sleep now last but not least to conclude this episode if you've tried all these techniques and you're still struggling and you feel like social anxiety is truly crippling and reducing your quality of life you really might need some professional help and that's okay so you can seek out a therapist and we've gone over this before but there are many ways you can find a therapist it could be a referral or you could just go through your insurance provider, or you can just look up nonprofit or therapy service. Service, yes, <laughs> a nonprofit therapy service near you. And the best type of therapy scientifically that's proven to be successful to treat social anxiety disorder is CBT, which is what I use um, for my anxiety even though I just have generalized anxiety, but still cognitive behavioral therapy um, really helps show you that what you think has a direct translation to how you feel and how your feelings affect your behavior. So the way CBT works is you rewire those neurotransmitters and you reteach yourself how to think properly because believe it or not, there is a proper way to think mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of this situation where you want to think in a way that, you know, doesn't give you anxiety. Mm. So some CBT situations that you might feel relate to you could be using it to learn how to control the physical symptoms of anxiety. And you could do this through relaxation techniques and breathing exercises. You could also use CBT to challenge negative and unhelpful thoughts, which is what I like to use it for. Um, because you know these negative and helpful thoughts can trigger and fuel your social anxiety. So when you replace these thoughts with happy and more positive thoughts, your view on yourself starts to balance out and you don't start to trigger your social anxiety anymore. Lastly, role-playing social skills training and other CBT techniques such as being part of a therapy group might be useful for you as well because group therapy can use acting videotaping, observing, mock interviews, and other exercises to help imitate what you might encounter in a real-life situation. Now, with COVID, it might be through video, and it might be more virtual, but it's still something I think you should consider trying it out. And there is also medication, which, Silver, you can get into if you'd like. 
Um, so medication is a really good option for you if you're not able to handle your social anxiety on your own, and that's totally okay. Um, so medication is sometimes used to relieve these social anxieties, um, symptoms, but it's definitely not a cure. Like you definitely have to still work in, in addition to therapy and self-help techniques that address the root of the social anxiety disorder. So there's three types of medication that are used to treat social anxiety, but obviously work with your doctor. Medication is really hard to find the right ones. The three types of medications that are used to treat social anxiety are medications like beta blockers that are used to um, relieve performance anxiety. So while they don't affect the emotional symptoms of anxiety, they can control physical symptoms such as hand shaking or shaking in your voice, sweating, and even rapid heart rate. Um, there's antidepressants that can actually be very helpful with anxiety disorders um, if it's very severe or debilitating. And then there's benzodiazepines, which are fast-acting anti-anxiety medications. However, they are fairly sedative and addictive. So typically, they're only prescribed when other medications have not previously worked for you. So yeah, medications, you definitely want to consult your doctor or your psychiatrist and get on the right ones that work for you. Medications can have really nasty side effects but they don't have to. So what you can do is just keep trying different forms of medications that work for you. It can be, I'm not going to lie or sugarcoat it, it can be a really awful process. Um, but once you get on the right one that works for you and your body, your life can be so much easier. And that's all we want for you. So if you need to go on medication, we are 100% in support of you doing that. Not that you asked, but You've got your matcha gals on your side if you need us to be. Um, so just do whatever you need to do to feel better. And we are very, we're here for you and we're in support of that. So this kind of concludes our episode on how to cope and potentially treat anxiety disorder related to social situations. And again, just want to reiterate these are just tips and tricks, and these aren't means of diagnosing yourself or means of self-treatment. These are just ways to help you mitigate the symptoms that you're feeling. But again, if you really feel like you have this condition, like we just went over, please go and seek professional help and get a diagnosis. But we really hope that these tips and tricks help you out. I know that they help us out with our anxiety. Remember that you have us. And again, our messages are always open you can always message us if you have any questions if you want to find us on social media we're at matcha mondays podcast on instagram tiktok pinterest pretty much everywhere you can find our individual instagram through that too we always tag ourselves in our posts um if you want to write us in and you need a little bit extra support or you just want to send us a testimonial to be featured on testimonial tuesday feel free to do that. We would love to hear from you and we really do value hearing your feedback. So um, we can't wait to hear from you. We hope you are well and taking care. And um, with that being said, have a great day.